Yeah. I, I think if it if it worked, I think the government would say, everyone take ivermectin here, totally. prescribe it, and let's yeah. you know, let's use this. Um, I don't believe that there's a uh, the, the government in its seize for this grab of power, which is certainly is happening. But I don't think sure. it's extending to the point where they're willing to let hundreds of thousands of people die. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In this administration or the previous one, mm-hmm. I don't think the people in power are are looking for the deaths of people. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. All right, Dave, it's good to see you. Another Hopper Podcast moment. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Have you got a good topic for us to pull out of the hopper? Well, you know, I want to keep chipping away at the COVID thing for just a bit and sure, then launch into uh, like gene therapy drugs. Mm. I'm curious how you're going to get there. Well, you know, the uh, the two big vaccines, yeah. Pfizer being the top, right. uh, is called a, is a gene therapy drug. Sure. Um, yeah. And so that's different than a traditional vaccine. And a traditional vaccine, as you know, I think most people know this, but uh, some people clearly don't. Okay. I've seen on social media, people are very confused about this. Yeah. Um, the, by the way, there's no vaccine for COVID that injects COVID into your body. Oh, uh, I right. just want to go ahead and no, verify no, no, that. No, no, Some no. people have made that that mistake on we social media. We haven't been doing that kind of vaccines for over 100 years. Yeah, so that, yeah. That, and, and those were riskier, for they sure. Were, like yeah. smallpox, they were doing that, trying sure. to live cultures, and people yeah. sometimes will get sick and die. Yeah. Um, but we've been using dead culture, right. um, a part of the virus, you know that's not that's not going to get you sick. That's right. That's and it's been like a hundred years that, that mm-hmm. we've had success with vaccines. It's proven science. Mm-hmm. It, you know we've eradicated measles and smallpox and all that kind of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. So so vaccines are very important for Polio. public health. Yeah. yeah and medicine. Um, the the problem with uh, today's vaccines that people are having is that it it it's, works differently. Um, the J and J I think attaches a the protein from COVID to mm-hmm. a different virus. Mm-hmm. And then introduces it to your body. So it's right. similar to the old technology vaccine. It works basically the same, but it's a little bit updated. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so it's not the actual DNA of the virus, but it is the protein that, that the virus uses to attach. Right. So basically three parts to a virus. Very simple critter. Yeah. Uh, there's a strain of DNA, there's a capsule, and there's a attaching protein. Yeah. They're tiny. Yeah. That's pretty much all there is to yeah. it. Um, and so with the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, what they are doing is uh, they, they're putting a strain of uh, RNA, a little a little code of RNA to tell your body, yeah. your cells, yeah. to manufacture that protein. Right. Instead of attaching it to a different virus and introducing it, it's your own body is making that protein. That's right. Temporarily. That's right. While you have the drug in your body telling right. your cells to make it so that then you have an immune response to that protein. To the protein that your own body has created. Has created. Right. So that when the- It looks like- a protein that is on the coronavirus. Right. So right. when when you do have coronavirus, your body says, "Oh, we've seen this. We've, we've seen done this before." This. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that that just made people very uncomfortable because it's newer technology. It's new. So it's newer technology. This is the first time it's been rolled out to the the mass. But but we've been doing this in animals and and, and in other experiments for over ten years. It's not yeah. new to science. Cancer exactly. medicine. I think in it's cancer been medicine. Using, yeah. yeah, it's been used before. But this is the first time it's widespread worldwide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for a lot of folks, they, uh, they're concerned because they believe that this is altering DNA and, um, which, you know, I want to launch into a discussion about CRISPR because we can alter DNA now. Yeah. Uh, we can, like real gene therapy can, can splice people's genetics and change and okay, alter Okay, we're going to have to talk genetics. about that another time. I want to, or maybe later, later yeah, here, we'll just, yeah. let's put that on the back burner because there's a lot more here with, with, uh, the vaccines that I think would be good to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's a. You're right. There are some people who think that these vaccines are altering DNA, but that's just not true. It's just not. Uh, but there's a lot of other things that people think about the vaccines that aren't true either. What are some of those? Um, yeah. So I, uh, I think some time ago I asked you if you uh, if you could think of any um, conspiracy theories. Yeah. Um, and so I've I've started to think about what people are saying okay that that people who are anti-vaxxers yeah. what, what they are saying and yeah. some of what they're saying is that um the numbers of covid deaths are skewed mm. that there was there was 
monetary motivation provided by the government to, for hospitals to report COVID deaths. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, eight to 10,000 Americans die every day. Right. Um, and so uh, a lot of those deaths, you could, you could really get skewed numbers if, if all those people are suddenly dying of COVID and the hospital's getting paid for that. Yeah, if no one ever dies of COPD or heart disease and, you know, just everybody in the hospital is dying of COVID, yeah, that's... Uh-huh. Yeah, I can understand how that could be a conspiracy theory. And that's what I've heard, right, from from the conservative folks, right. Um, right. That, that the numbers of other deaths have dramatically dropped and COVID has has taken the show, has stolen the show and taken the day. Um, and so that they believe that's a... You know, a conspiracy that the government is trying to trunk up the numbers of COVID deaths, and yeah. and honestly, I think there's probably truth there. I do, I do too. Mm-hmm. But I'll say, can I let me provide some perspective here? Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about this, but for some perspective from a hospital standpoint, um, COVID treating people with COVID is far, far, far more expensive than treating people who don't have COVID, no matter what their disease is. Mm-hmm. So COVID, if someone has COPD, that's a lung disease, right. um, or heart disease, or some other, these are the common things that people die from, or even cancer. Uh, if they get COVID, then that exasperates whatever underlying condition they have. That's called underlying conditions, right? Mm-hmm. And so someone who has heart disease, m- maybe say that they would have another five years to live, COVID maybe drops that down significantly. Right. And so then did they die of COVID or did they die of heart disease? Well, it's kind of hard to say. Right. It's maybe some of both. Now, treating someone who has heart disease um, versus treating someone who has heart disease and COVID, the COVID patient is far more expensive because you have got to do all kinds of um, PPE. You got to do all kinds of isolation. There's When you start having a hospital filled with uh, COVID patients, there is an enormous expense that goes along with that. And... Uh, Hospitals are just not prepared for that. They don't have the money to do that. And so hospitals either can completely shut down, all of them, or they need to have some sort of increased revenue right away. And this is why the government said, okay, we're going to step in. And if you've got a whole bunch of COVID patients and you're having to go through tons and tons of these expensive N95 masks and tons and tons of these other things, then we're going to compensate you for having those patients. Right. And... Uh, and so that it makes sense to me. It absolutely right. makes sense to me. And so then it also means then they're they're asking, how many patients do you have that died with COVID? Well, yeah, the number of patients. Um, I don't think the number of patients with heart disease is going down, but the number. But people can die with more than one disease. Right. And so if you if you say all the people with COVID, um, that is their dying uh, diagnosis. Well, then, yeah, that's going to include some people that would have died with heart disease or would have died with lung disease. Right. Yeah. And so is there some conspiracy going on? Uh, yeah. When you start putting in financial incentives like that, of course things are going to get messed up. On the other hand, I mean, what's the alternative, though? Right, right. Is the alternative just to say, hospitals, you just got to deal with it yourselves? I sure don't want that because I can guarantee you what's going to happen is all the hospitals shut down. They can't afford that. Mm-hmm. They can't afford that. Right. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, at the same time, I can say, yeah, of course the numbers are skewed. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to build up to the to my. Okay, <laughs> sorry here, but um, go ahead. Yeah, the, I interrupted you. Uh, no, no, that's great. Um, the the uh, next thing I hear is that uh, that the media is touting um, only the research that will promote their politics. They're not saying anything about uh, any other possible treatments. Um, uh, hydroxychloroquine, uh, ivermectin. Um, sure. So the, the, they're trunking up the numbers, right? So that's why some people in, on the right have said this this whole thing is a hoax, right? It's all like government overreach. It's all yeah. about you know, liberal government taking over and socialism. Um, and while there may be uh, numbers that are false because of that monetary mm-hmm. incentive, there's a really good reason that you just explained yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, is uh, I think there's the media trying their best yeah. to... Um, to, I think, uh, of course, we mentioned this before. Anyone in government, anyone in media who has political spin, yeah, that's gonna. There's gonna be over, government overreach. Sure, there's gonna be people who are who are who are promoting their politics. That's yes. true. We can't avoid that. Right. But I don't think that there's a giant conspiracy. Agreed. To um to suppress good medicine. I agree. That could prevent a vaccine. Yes. Um, that would be the conspiracy, right? They're trying to suppress 
other treatments so that everyone has to get the vaccine, which I don't even understand what the motivation there would be. Yeah, I don't either because, um, let's see, if someone believes that they have a life-saving system, a life-saving treatment, I'm not sure who it is that is going to say, no, I want to hide that from everybody. Right. I mean, I guess you... It's possible that that Joe Biden or I don't know who you know Nancy Pelosi, if you if you're uh, looking at them as conspiracy theorists or Donald Trump on the other side or whatever, whoever your your boogeyman is, I, I suppose that you could possibly say that they really are out to kill everybody in America. But I don't I don't think that I don't know anyone who's in power that is trying to really kill everybody and trying right. to hide life saving treatment from us. Right. Yeah. So. Um I am curious about more research being done sure. with ivermectin, and there, I think there's some data that was coming out of India that was um, perhaps suggesting a correlation with their decreasing numbers. Oh, I don't know anything um, about that. Well, I, yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't say I know much about it either. Mm-hmm. I just sure. watched a little video on it, um, and I know that that there's just gobs of research to be done. Yeah, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, so it's hard to get real. It's yeah, it's very hard to get that kind of data. The longer this goes, the more data we get, and the better we understand it. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, ivermectin uh, is is often used with with cattle and with horses mm-hmm. for as a deworming um, right. uh, medicine. And I've talked to farmers, you know, as I go around and meet with my patients, I've talked to folks who use ivermectin on their livestock. Right, and it's a spray that they spray on their um, on their backs, uh-huh. and so they line them up in a chute, and you know, the, people spray have told me down. all about mm-hmm. them. And they and those folks. To a person that have told me about it, that, that they use it personally, they think this is the dumbest thing in the world to think that it would be uh, effective for COVID. Right, because they, they think it's a an animal medicine. Completely, yeah. yeah. But it's been used with people for a long time. Is that right? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it's been shown to be safe and everything. Okay. Um, the question is, does it is it does it actually work? Right, right. Um, and that's where some people are saying, oh, yes, it does, and the government is keeping that from us. <clears throat> that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Right. I don't I don't think that's accurate. Yeah, I, I think if it if it worked, I think the government would say everyone take ivermectin here, totally. prescribe it, and let's yeah. you know, let's use this. Um, I don't believe that there's a uh, the government in its seize for this grab of power, which is certainly is happening. But I don't think sure. it's extending to the point where they're willing to let hundreds of thousands of people die. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Right. In this administration or the previous one, mm-hmm. I don't think the people in power are are looking for the deaths of people. And I think that science has, has um, you know, the, the drug community has tried very quickly to come up with something that is protecting our citizens. I don't yes. think there's any anything bigger than that. They're uh, trying to make money, but they're not trying to hurt people. Right. Um, or that they're in, they're in bed with government in a way. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know they're in bed with government, but, but not in a way that is manipulative. I think they're just trying to cure a disease. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the most plausible answer typically is the correct one. Um, yeah, and and okay, so ivermectin may or may not work. I'll tell you what does work: the Pfizer vaccine mm-hmm. and the J and J vaccine and the Moderna vaccine. Right, those we know absolutely work very well. They they protect you at least now. Prote- right? Well, fair enough. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? Right, um, vaccines. No vaccine has ever had an adverse side effect um, more than about six months out. That's never happened in the history of vaccines. In this case, it might. But we've had many, many, many vaccines. In the development of vaccines, some vaccines occasionally, um, six months out, there is an adverse effect. That hasn't happened with any of the big three that we know about or even the others Mm -hmm. that are uh, worldwide not available in the United States. But maybe it will happen. Right. Well, in every vaccine, there's some risk. It's very small, though, but there there are some risks. But the risks tend to be within the first six months. You'll see it. If there's a risk, you'll see it in the first six months. Yeah, pretty much right away, right? Yeah, yeah. almost right away, Um, yeah. And so there's been a movement that, uh, you know, that vaccines were causing autism. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's pretty much been... uh, I don't know anyone who really believes that now. I mean, Uh, I guess really... Yeah, that's uh, it's completely made up data uh, in a, in an actual scientific study, but it was a falsified scientific study that somehow got through the the reviewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's I think well do- uh, debunked now. Yeah. Now, of course, if I could not take vaccines and not die of diseases, I would do that. I wouldn't put oh, drugs in my body at all. Absolutely, right? that's the way to go. But uh, the risk of COVID is real. Yeah, lots of people are dying. 
And yeah. so uh, the the small risk of putting this drug in my body, I think, is worth absolutely beating the risk of dying of COVID, which is much, 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 much higher. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, those are some of the reasons that people are not getting vaccinated. And uh, so a friend of mine whose uh, father has just gone into the hospital and mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. looking good. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this idea that this is government overreach. Yeah. And, um, and my thinking on that is, you know, you you can have a rebellious nature against the government and and liberals and politics and mm-hmm. the power grab and the 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 skewed numbers, whatever it is, that, whatever sure, narrative you've, sure. you've 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 developed, yeah, to say this is this is not what it really is. Yeah, the bottom line is, um, you're gonna if you die from COVID, the, what victory have you had there? Yeah, you you you've you know. You haven't proven anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, what you've done is you've rebelled against that which could help you yeah. save your life, and it's then now COVID's killed you. Right. Um, and the and the freedom that you're gaining by not having a vaccine or by putting a mask on. Well, let's talk about vaccines, not masks. Yeah. The freedom that you're gaining is is a small freedom, but it's not a lot. I say that because there are times and places. Uh, maybe the American Revolution is one, or maybe you know, like the movie Braveheart or whatever, where there is like no freedom and the oppression is absolutely horrendous, and right. it's worth giving your life for mm-hmm. for future generations. I suppose someone could, you know, uh, think that this is that kind of risk. I I just don't see it, I, right. and I don't think. I mean, the, the freedom that you're gaining by not putting, uh, you know, this this drug with a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of risk. It seems to me ridiculous. It's causing death. Yeah, to yeah. me, it's it's not unlike the uh, the restriction to you know that we're not allowed to speed, right. or that we're not allowed to you know. There's a whole bunch of things that the, we have. The laws. mandate that uh, thou shalt not murder. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even when someone. But what about that, if someone really upsets me? Yeah, that, that's right. Is it uh, the government's infringing upon your rights by saying you're not allowed to to. Take right. vengeance on that, person. or speeding. You know where I say, well, no, this, that's that's not even imp- so. Speeding is not impinging on anybody else's rights. I don't mean to anyway, but we say no. You're not allowed to speed because you it might actually hurt somebody. Yeah, you might kill yourself. You, you might, might damage property. You might kill others. Okay, that's almost a, that's a really close analogy, I think, to COVID. Yeah, yeah, and and it's been shown that excessive speed is the cause of most accidents, and it's been showed that not getting the vaccine is the cause for lots of hospitalizations and deaths. Correct. Yeah, so we, we both, and we're agreeing on this yeah, entirely. Yeah. It's um, We're just trying to, to bring some clarity, hopefully. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so I've, I've seen a lot of things on social media that were more like this this brand of thinking, this kind of conspiracy. Um, and my, my point is, okay, even, even if there are yeah. truths to that, and I'm sure there are. Yes, uh, of if, course. If you end up dead, I, I don't see where you've had any victory here. Yeah, what's the point that you've made? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that you know it makes sense that it's on social media because social media um, has become really problematic. I think. Yeah, we got to get to that. That's let's put that in the hopper. Let's put that in the hopper because that's yeah. maybe a different issue. But you know what I wanted to, to go into is that some people are confusing the vaccine with with CRISPR. Oh um, yeah, CRISPR. CRISPR is an acronym. I, I don't. It's technical. I don't remember what it what it refers to. We could look it up on the internet, but it, it basically it's talking about... C-R-I-S-P-R. Yes. Um, it's repetitive gene sequences they found in a bac- in bacteria. That's right, yeah. Um, and so they were wondering, why do we keep seeing this same pattern? Uh-huh. And, and what they've discovered uh, after investigating that is that between these repeating sequences are little strains of viral uh, DNA. Yes. So what happens is a virus is so small that it can attack a bacteria, uh-huh. uh, a bacterium, and it will do the same thing it does to us. It gets in there and it hijacks the yeah. cell's manufacturing plant and makes itself, replicates yep. itself. And it bursts that cell. And now there's, you know, there's thousands of them right. ready to infect another cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if a, a bacteria defeats that virus, mm-hmm. so it's doing battle internally and it defeats that virus, it takes part of its DNA yeah. and, and puts it into its own DNA. Yeah. So that when that virus attacks again, he's ready. Exactly. Okay. And so the the way that they discovered this by looking at the finding these repetitive gene sequences, then saying, okay, this is actually the, uh, in between. This yeah. is a stretch of viral DNA, and this one is. Yeah. And there's all these different viral DNAs. Yeah. How did this bacteria splice those right genes into its own genetics? Right. Well, it has this protein. Yes. That kind of cuts DNA. 
Yeah. So they've they've through science they've discovered how they can cut our DNA. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they you can use this protein and, and that can that can do some wonderful things. Yeah. But it also has some ethics. And um, but that is entirely different. I mean, we're moving away from the current vaccine situation. It's called it is it is gene therapy, but it's not CRISPR gene therapy. It's where like it's DNA therapy, splicing, yeah. and altering your DNA forever. I'm glad that you went over all that technical stuff real briefly. That's that's maybe one of the best technical summaries of CRISPR that I've ever heard. That was oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. For those that didn't even quite follow that, and yeah, maybe that's the up. case. No, 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 I cleared <laughs> yeah, it up. But let yeah. me let me uh, put the cookies on a little bit lower shelf, although that was a fantastic summary. Thank yeah. you. Um, we can, so DNA that makes up who we are, all of our proteins, everything about you, um, we are able now, scientifically, technologically, we are able to cut and paste right. any gene into any strand of DNA anywhere we want. Right. We can copy, we can paste, we can Okay, so what does that mean? That mean so that this has not is not widespread among humans, although mm-hmm. there are human experiments happening right now with it. But what it means is, oh, you want the genes that make you taller? We can do that. Yeah, you well, want, wait, before you go there, okay. let's talk about like the some of the medical reasons to do this. Okay, sure. Like some of the let's talk about the pros. Instead of cosmetic. Okay, yeah. talk about some of the pros. Okay. So uh Huntington's disease yeah. is a is a, I think yep. is like a single mutation. Right. On one gene. Yes. And then it and it causes death and it's it, it could be it it's hereditary. It's hereditary. And it's passed yep. down. And so if your parent if one of your parents has has it, and if I remember right, it doesn't show up until like your twenties or something. Correct. And so then you you like you wait a kid reproduced waiting and, until you're twenty, yeah. and then you're like, okay, maybe I have this gene, maybe I don't, and I'm gonna have this disease or I don't, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But with this, with with CRISPR, uh, with this, with discovering yeah. all this information, they can they can take that little protein and they can punch out that piece yeah, of let's just get rid broken of that one. DNA and yeah. fix it. Yeah. Um, the problem is that they have to be very precise and very careful because yes. they're altering someone's DNA. Right. The blueprint of what tells their body, what not only how it looks, but how it functions, what yes. proteins it makes Everything and all about that. you. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, sickle cell anemia yep. is another one, <clears throat> excuse yep. me, where they, it's a genetic, uh, variant and they can cut and paste that out. Mm-hmm. And so I know people who are, um, who are, have, a child with sickle cell, and they have so far refused this treatment mm-hmm. because it is altering mm-hmm. DNA, mm-hmm. and it is somewhat um, new and and experimental, mm-hmm. and that that's scary. Yeah, but that is not the vaccines that we're dealing no, no, with. No, with th- this is a totally this yeah. is a different topic. So, um, but a really good one. Yeah, uh, but I think some people have confused that. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so. Yeah, so then there are some great medical advances that can take place with this. Yeah, um, if they're very precise. And I, and personally, I don't know how you feel about it, but I say let we need to advance this and go for it. Okay. I mean, if we can, if we can cure sickle cell anemia, if we can cure Huntington's disease, if we can cure all kinds of diseases, um, then let's do that. Mm-hmm. The ethical questions are more like you're talking about yes. designer babies. Um, okay. So, well. Um, I'll say, so what about this? What about yeah, someone yeah. with Huntington's disease or sickle cell anemia or uh, there's a myriad of other genetic uh, anomalies that, that uh, describe diseases, there's different things. What if that person wants to have a child and then what we do is uh, we use CRISPR to um, alter the DNA of the gamete, right. of the sperm or egg, so that when they come together, then you can guarantee that the child will not inherit a particular right. disease. And for, for those of you listening who, who are kind of getting lost, what Willie is saying is that that would not only alter your DNA. Um, that In that case, it wouldn't alter your DNA at all. It w- It's altering all of the DNA of your posterity. Exactly. And so that that's changing the human genome, right? Well, not the entire human genome, well, but, but your generations your, to come. Yeah, your generational, yeah. your offspring. And that's actually much more effective um, for most of these genetic diseases, because every single cell in your body has a copy of your DNA, yeah. and so it, you, in order to, if someone who has sickle cell anemia, in order to get rid of sickle cell anemia for a person who has it, you've got to alter. I, it may not be every cell, maybe every cell of your body. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not nearly as easy as to alter the DNA of one cell, the sperm, one cell, the egg. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, that that leads a lot of. Uh, I mean, this is stuff of science fiction, right? Like uh, we're there, though. Yeah. We're. Uh, I mean, as far as like uh, the 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 stories and movies that could come of of this going bad. Yeah. Right. Like. Oh yeah. You, you've altered the human genome, and and this is the result. And 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 by the way, these these individuals can reproduce uh, without you. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you can see all kinds of, oh, yeah, of sure. movies coming out of that. Sure, sure, um, sure. And so that that is a secondary step. Like the first step is should we should we be altering the human genome in any individual? And I say if we're curing disease and that person is uh, assenting to that, yeah. they're agreeing um, and it's not being passed down. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's it's just treatment. Okay. Do you agree with that? It's yes. just like uh, if, it's if just we're, a curing if we're no disease. About, if we're not talking about passing down to the next generation, then I'm with you. And I think that we need to do all kinds of clinical trials. And the reason I say that is because I we don't know what the unintended consequences are of getting rid of sickle cell anemia DNA. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We know one is going to be that they have normal size blood cells. Right. Um, that's likely to be the case. But what else is that going to change? The unintended consequences of all sorts of things that we do are it's it's not as simple as we think yeah and that's why i would want to pause on anything that is for posterity um let's just let's work out just treating people's diseases yeah for that one Completely. individual let's do that for, for yes. a, few, a number of decades and be really really good at it very successful or have maybe lots more. Of data. and let's talk about what does it mean because i'm gonna at least my understanding of well let's talk yeah let's talk about that for sure let's talk about uh and start working with um uh helping people to um, cure their diseases or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's where it gets fuzzy. Okay. Um, is uh, dwarfism a disease? That gets really fuzzy. Um, yeah. Is shortness or tallness mm-hmm. a disease? Is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, if you're tall and lanky and, and yep. you know, people say... Uh, they can. They might make an argument that all kinds of things are are a disorder, and then you're kind of getting back to like Nazi eugenics, right? Completely. Like, who? What is the best DNA? What's the best yes. form of human? Yes. You, I think we have to be very, very careful there. Ethically, we need to be treating known diseases. That that. Well, okay. So known diseases. What yeah. is it? That gets back exact. Is dwarfism a disease? Is being deaf a disease? Is um, uh, Down syndrome a disease mm-hmm. that needs to be? Uh, treated. Yeah, so uh, I don't think we could CRISPR Down syndrome away. Oh, not in a person that that has it. I think right. that's right. That's right. Right, but we could prevent it, potentially. We potentially could prevent it. Yeah. In, if we alter the... Gametes. Gametes. Yeah. Which I'm saying, I, I, I think we need to put that way down the road. Um, if, if we ever get to it. Yeah. Because that, 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 of course, has got a lot of unknowns and fears. We need to be really good at just treating people's diseases. But then, yeah. So you talk to a, a dwarf, um, which I, I've, it sounds really odd calling someone a dwarf. I think dwarfism is a particular kind of um, syndrome. Can I put uh, it that way instead of disease? Yeah. Um, that is in a cluster of little people. Right. So not all little people have dwarfism. I think this is okay. right. Yeah. But there's a there's a, a like a broad category of little people and then one of the syndromes of the many mm-hmm. um is called dwarfism. I think that's right. Right. And uh for a lot of little people they're very happy being little people and why shouldn't they yes. be? Yes. Right. Yes. I saw a study just recently, a sociological study about people who are deaf, um which is a totally different thing, but because they use sign language and that that has for- that they think and dream, everything's in a different it's in a is an unspoken language. It's a language that's visual and with your hands. That and they and no matter their race or socioeconomic, they identify as a deaf person. That's mm-hmm. part of their identity. And so many of them have said that if they could choose to go back in time and to be hearing, that they would choose not to do that because that would mean that they're a different person. Right. And they don't want to be a different person. Different community, different life. Mm-hmm. A different identity. Like, everything's different. And so, yeah, what does it mean? And this is part of the reason that I think if someone wants to be changed right. um, and have, okay, then I'm a little bit more sympathetic to that. But then what if they say, well, I only have an IQ of 140, 
that's inadequate. I want to have an IQ of 180. Right. Can you change that for me? Can you change that for yeah, me? Well, because we're, I we're feel both bad. sitting here bald. Yeah. Right. No, Should, I want hair. Yeah, we want hair. Is that? Yeah. I mean, ethically. And no longer curly hair. I want, you know, flowing. What? What? I mean, I want, I want bigger muscles. Hair. I want, you know, well, yeah. we, there is that one gene that um, is prevalent in um, Africa. Um, I think the Ken, like Kenya and uh, Ethiopia and all, where that like these marathon runners all have this like one gene that like the world class. There's this one particular gene mm-hmm. that they all have that's unusual in the rest of the world that makes like uh, oxygen take up in the lungs right. faster the or something. Of their and bodies. so, okay, you know what? I want that one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, where do we draw the line? That's really, really tricky. I think we can, I, I, I would hope yeah. that we could come to some, some boundaries on this as to what is, what is medically, you know, therapeutic yeah. treatment. Yeah. And what is just vain mm. um, interest? I, I would hope that we could come to some conclusions. There's I know gonna be no one's going to. Everyone's got an opinion, and no one's going to entirely agree. But I think we could we could start but with the things. Who makes those rules, though? Yeah, I mean, well, who yeah. makes those rules? Talk about government overreach, right? Talk about government overreach, and this is really simple until it is your body in need of help. Yeah, or your child. Yeah, your child's going to die at age twenty, for example. Right. And you have the you have the ability to right. treat them and cure them, right? And it's and we're not too far from so you can't do that right now in the United States um, with any money that's funded from the government, and that's mm-hmm. most research centers. But if you have enough money, the science is available, and you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Then we're talking about um, also designer babies. There are people who really want. Um, have you heard of transhumanism? Yeah. Transhumanism is people who think that there is nothing wrong with any of this. They don't see any. In fact, what they see is the ethics dictate that we must, we are compelled by ethics to improve humanity through DNA manipulation as much as possible. Right. And so they want um, for us to aggressively go after this. And create superhumans. Yeah, X-Men. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's a little bit uh, silly yeah, in some sense. Right, right. But, like, smarter brains, faster mm-hmm. muscles, you know, better uh, cardiovascular. Right. Um, I have heard people things. talk about this, and their arguments are that, that a, a smarter population is better for everyone. Right. A, uh, you know, um, and, and when it talks about designer babies, yeah. they feel that um, people generally want a baby that represents them. Yeah. Their culture, their yeah. their heritage, and so that that would, it's not going to make dramatic changes. Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, that's their argument anyway. However, uh, when you talk about, you, know, you remember what eugenics did to right. the world when they said when we when some group of people said, this is what we want, and we're going to manipulate genetically. Uh, the population, and we're going to kill some people, sterilize some people. I mean, it's mm-hmm. within the last hundred years we're still sterilizing people mm-hmm. for being stupid. Right. Um, that's in the United States, and I mean that's a huge issue. We, uh, I think that's really, really dangerous. Yeah. And and that there was not even good reason to do that. Imagine if we if a if a kid comes out and says, "I actually am better than you because of my genes are better." Right. You know, now we say, okay, you know, this this the stereotype a hundred years ago that black people are not smart because you know where all the the amazing black writers, all the best Engl- writers in the English language are all white. So uh-huh. you know, blacks must be terrible writers. Um, okay, we we actually looked at that and said that we turn out that's actually not true. But imagine if we did have a race of people who were like actually smarter because of their genes because we made them that way. Mm-hmm. It's like Gattaca. Yeah, exactly. That movie, yeah. Um, NASA said um, that Gattaca is the most realistic science fiction movie out there. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. That's where we're going. Yeah. Talk about people feeling like second-class citizens or... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A crisis of rights and... Yeah. Okay, so that's really scary. And yet, think about the suffering that can be abated uh, by getting rid of diseases. Right. And that's super important as well. 
This is why ethics, philosophy, religion, uh, th these are all very... I know some people out there think that science is all there is. Yeah. They really do. They're like, they're, science is truth. Mm. But if you take science away from history, you take it away from religion yep. and philosophy and ethics, yep. you have a disaster. Yeah. Um, these are all very important disciplines. Theology is the queen of the sciences, they right. used to call it. Right, um, this, this Well, is science very, is just to be knowledge. Very important. Um, now science means something different. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, on the other hand, I'll say you take theology and divorce it from science and say, you know, I'm going to have my theology without ever looking at science. I think that's a huge problem well, as well. Yeah, theology goes bad real fast. We are seeing that, yeah. I think, um, even that's right. right now with this pandemic. Right. Um, bad science, um, bad argumentation, uh -huh. lots of propaganda, uh -huh. refusing to listen to any reasonable science for fear that it's yeah. politically charged. Is it possibly... Um, yeah, probably yeah. Mm. it doesn't change the fact that we can quantify and measure who's dying of COVID and who's not. Right. 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 Yeah, that's right. Anyone who, yeah. You know, I'll tell you, a, a use for CRISPR that I actually do like, mm -hmm. that we're not there yet, but it, that it's easy to imagine. And I think that, yeah, let's do that. Okay. So, um, do you like tomatoes? Uh, yeah. On sandwiches, on sandwiches and salads. And stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's the difference between a tomato from the grocery store and a tomato from a farmer's market? It's huge. Okay. In, in terms of taste. Um, I'm not a big fan of tomatoes. Yeah. Um, but lots of, you know, I know people who are. My wife loves them. We grow tomatoes in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people grow tomatoes in the backyard. It's a very popular because they taste so much better. Here's the reason. Tomatoes uh, that taste great are very fragile and don't transport well. Mm-hmm. And so they have genetically um, over, like like our regular uh, genetic modifications where you just kind of breed this right. tomato with this tomato and, you know, in order to... So we got a tomato that's hardy and will last and transport in trucks well, but uh, unintended consequence, it loses its flavor. Yeah. So, you, so Probably in, a lot of its nutrition as well. Probably so. Yeah. So it's in the, in the grocery store and like, okay, it looks good and it's not rotten, it's not soft, yeah. it's not... Uh, but it it lost all of its flavor and nutrition in mm -hmm. order to get there. Yeah, the same is true. Have you bought peaches in the grocery store? Um, no. I have not bought a peach in the grocery store for, I mean, like probably yeah. a, a, mm -hmm. over a decade mm -hmm. because every time it is either hard or it's mush. Yeah. And the reason is because they pick them before they're ripe for that very reason, yeah. that they can transport them, they not yeah. bruise them up. Right. They can get them to the grocery store, and then they, they force them to ripen with a gas. I can't remember the name of this gas. It that. starts with an E. Wow. Etha something. Yeah. Ethylene maybe. I, I don't, they, they, they force mm -hmm. this fruit to ripen by this gas, and it's not the same as natural ripening. Natural peaches. Yes. Yeah, so you go to an orchard, and you pick natural peaches, and they let them ripen. So much better. They're, they're quite possibly the best fruit on the planet. You go to the grocery <laughs> store, they're garbage. Yeah. Okay, so, but with, I don't know about the peaches. They yeah. may work with the peaches, but it's pretty clear that with tomatoes, Imagine we can take the good tasting and high nutrition value of the garden tomatoes mm -hmm. and splice that back into the hearty, last long tomatoes mm -hmm. that they have bred for transport. And now you've got a, a tomato that is delicious and you can get cheaply available at the grocery store. Right. That'd be great. Hopper topic. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about baptism. Baptism. Yes. Um, Good. This is a point of division in the Christian church. And you know... I wish it wasn't, but I you're know, right. The Hopper is all about pulling out topics. And you and I love theology. Back in the day when we were in seminary, we would banter theology all yeah, the time. And we enjoyed time. that. And a lot of people don't like that anymore. Right. Uh, some people still really do. And there's no platform or fewer platforms to really have people bantering about mm -hmm. theology. They, mm -hmm. They're they kind of forced to say, hey, this is the truth. You need to hold to this. Or yeah. You need to get out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you and I have both been around and in churches where they have a different view of baptism. Yes. And my, in my estimation, um, there is a lack of understanding of the Reformed view of baptism. I agree. I think there's a lot of straw men that are set up and knocked down. Yes. And there is a uh, an inability to... Um, to have just rational conversation. Mm. And some of it's, it's emotionally charged. or it, it can be. Mm -hmm. It connects to people to um, maybe to their childhood or yeah. some prior experience that they cherished and they feel like something's being invalidated. And um, it, you have to be 
sensitive and careful, but I, I think we, this is a great platform for us to talk about what we mean when we think of baptism, what Love we think it. the Bible is saying about baptism. Sure, sure. And at least, if you disagree, we would like you to respect our point of view as biblical and not uh-huh. driven by some heritage or you know, some tradition. It's not. And on the other hand, let's... Um Let's, you and I, we're going to be really, really respectful of people who disagree with us for sure. about baptism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there, there's good reason for, uh, for immersion, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are passages that people hold to. And, Absolutely. And there's, there's um, uh, what's the word? It, it's represented, it's illustrated well. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. The death and resurrection is, is great yeah. imagery. Right. right. Uh, Christian but that's imagery. not our view in the end. Right. That's not our view in the end. So mm-hmm. um, let's present our view. Uh, what What do we think baptism, baptism most technically represents? You want to take that? Sure. Um, bat- <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. So Boom. Take that. That's it. All right. Uh, this is, it's super easy, and I'll be yeah. able to explain it in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I'm so happy. No, actually, I don't think it can be explained well in one sentence. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Efforts to explain it in one sentence are not terrible, but I don't want, we don't want to do that here. Right. We want to be, have a, a little bit fuller understanding of it. Yeah. Baptism is, as we understand it, the entrance into the community of God. It is a sign of God's grace to us, and it is a seal of His redemption for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a, a washing clean of what was um, dirty, uh, of mm-hmm. the sin that pollutes us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, yeah it's, a, it's a sign and seal of God's grace for us. Yeah, so I, I like, to, when I'm talking to people about this, I like to really hang on the Holy Spirit. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. That, that water baptism is not something new in the New Testament that has no connection to the Old Testament. Agreed. It is, uh, most technically, it's representing Holy Spirit baptism. Yes. Regeneration, the work of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is what first brings us to salvation. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us and persuades us by faith and repentance to call upon Jesus and be saved. That's kind of confessional language. Right. That, That before the Holy Spirit is in us, we are unable to acknowledge or understand the things of God. That's out of Corinthians. That's right. We have no ability to please God, to know God, to understand. The Holy Spirit has to illuminate the Scripture, has to bring us to a place of understanding, or we are dead in our sins. That's right. And this is why this is more of a Reformed teaching, because Arminians reject a lot of those notions already. That's right. That's right. that the Holy Spirit would be first without my confession, Mm -hmm. uh, that I have to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and and thus be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Other traditions hold even second baptisms or further Mm -hmm. baptisms of the Holy Spirit. But we know that that Ephesians says there's one church and one baptism. Right. And the, the baptism that we see in Scripture represents, most technically, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I could, I could point out some passages, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, John 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he's asking, what must I do? Um, he says, uh, you have to be born again. Mm-hmm. And he's, John, uh, I mean, sorry, Nicodemus is confused by this. Sure. And, and Jesus then talks about the Holy Spirit blowing where it wants to blow, the yeah. wind blowing where it wants to blow. You don't, you don't know the work of the wind or the Spirit. It does what it wants to do, and it, mm-hmm. and then that you must be born of the Spirit, mm-hmm. not of flesh, um, but of the Spirit. Right. And so he, Jesus is indicating that new birth, new life in Christ, begins by the Spirit birthing you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are lots of other passages that we can point to, um, and maybe you want to bring some of those up, but the, the idea that the Holy Spirit is the first impetus of salvation, that unites you to Christ and his death and resurrection, that puts that sign as a Christian upon you, mm-hmm. and is the seal, Ephesians says the Holy Spirit is the guarantee, this down posit, mm-hmm. that we are, we are going to be in the, the eternal glory of God because he's determined so by his Spirit. Um, we don't know who he has elected, but he has done so, and his Spirit carries out that work. Okay, so how is that related to water baptism then? Yeah, 
Um, so that has everything to do with the mode, right? Like what meaning are you trying to portray? And you and I will do any of the three modes, what typically. Are the, what are the three modes? Uh, so there's pouring, sprinkling, and immersion. Right. And we have dear brothers who say immersion is the only way mm-hmm. because the word baptizo most most of the time means to dip. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means wash. It also means to transform. It's often used in dyeing, the process of changing clothes from one color to another, mm-hmm. that they are transformed in nature never to be returned to their pre- previous color. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, the word baptizo at some places is used to refer to them washing a table. So did yeah. they immerse? Did they take that table down the pond and immerse it? You know, they let me let me read from yeah. uh, Luke eleven thirty eight. The um, this is in the middle of a story, but listen to this sentence: The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. That word "wash" is baptizo. Yeah, that's what, he's referring to washing his hands. Yeah, and so that's not immersion. That's uh, or not likely to be. I mean, he's not. Uh, he didn't. He didn't wash. He didn't go and take a, a bath and dunk himself under. Right. Yeah. He may yeah. have immersed his hands. Would be the argument, right? Um, well, possibly, but it's, it, yeah. he did not wash. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, maybe if you're talking about baptizo as well in Hebrews nine. Yeah, multiple question. times in Hebrews uh-huh. nine, uh, it re- it uses the word baptizo to talk about the Old Testament sprinklings of blood. Over the people. So um, in the Mosaic Law, for now thousands of years, they would take a hyssop branch, you know, the the leaves and the Mm -hmm. little uh, dried-out flower things, and dip them in blood of the sacrifices um, so that they're kind of dripping with blood. And then you take the the branch and just uh, shake it over the people so that blood would sprinkle over the people. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews 9 refers to that well-known practice to to its hearers— by using the word baptizo, those people right. are baptized. Right. And right. those that's clearly not an immersion. Right. Very yeah. clear. Um, all of the Old Testament rites uh, symbolizing the Holy Spirit, for example, the anointings of the priests and the kings and yep. the artisans, yep. it's a horn of oil that's poured upon the head. Yes. Um, and you combine that with the scriptures that talk about the Holy Spirit being poured out yes. upon the people. Yes. Um, and the, the hyssop branches, it, it's applying the atonement of the sacrifice of the lamb or the animal right. to right. the people. And the Holy Spirit is applying the sacrifice of Christ to God's people. When yeah. in his regenerative work, yeah, yeah, and so this idea that immersion um, is this new thing that came up in the New Testament, yeah, uh, kind of disbands it from Hebrews nine and this long history right. of Israel right. uh, applying the benefits of Christ through ways that were sprinkling and pouring, mm-hmm. um, That's representing right. the Holy Spirit's combining us to Jesus yeah. and all his benefits, which mm-hmm. include his death and his resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, which again is good Im- is good imagery, mm-hmm. but you have to ask yourself, what does the water represent in that? The water represents dirt, the grave. Mm. You go down into the grave and you come up out of the grave, right? And I don't think that's what the water represents. I agree. I think the water represents the Holy Spirit, mm. um, and you know that's why there was there were pourings of oil that represent the Holy Spirit. There were the, the sprinklings of blood representing sure. Sure. the application of Jesus. And when Jesus Himself is baptized, what happens? You know, a, a dove out of heaven appears and descends upon his head. The Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. representing the Holy Spirit that descends upon his head, just like the water right. that was poured upon his head, yeah. descended on his head. What happens when the, the disciples are baptized by the Holy Spirit? Same thing. It's a tongue of fire that descends right. upon their head, right. just as the Holy Spirit had descended upon their head. Yeah. Um, now, I, now, in immersion... Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that the water necessarily indicates so death and resurrection. I don't think it necessarily indicates dirt or I the think grave. It, I think it yeah. or the grave. I think it could represent what we see uh, from Peter, the flood, and so people died in the flood. But then he's because he talks about Noah and the mm, flood and the baptism there, right? And so the baptism, it's through water that we're saved. And so it could be this, this sign that just like the people who died in the flood, there's the death, but then we are raised and saved through Noah, um, or the better Noah, which is Jesus. Right. So it's because of these passages, the one you just mentioned, and the one in, in Romans and Colossians, that I am willing 
to do immersions sure, sure, for people sure, sure. because they they cherish that imagery. However, I don't think that that's the most technical explanation for the meaning of baptism. And I'm happy to. I have immersed people before too, but uh, in, in when I baptized them. But there have been people who have said, I, I would like for you to baptize me, and I think that that's appropriate. But then they say, but the only way that I want you to baptize me is immersion. And then mm. I refuse to do it by immersion. Yeah. What, what does that conversation look like following? It's not easy. because mm-hmm. I, I, And it's, well, it's a lot, along the, theologically, it's along the lines of what you and I have just been talking about. Yeah. Um, but then also, it's a lot of listening. What What is it about that that you think that this is the only right. way? And let's be really honest about mm-hmm. what um, what the Bible says. Let's actually follow the Bible here. I've had similar conversations, and I can say that the vast majority of them are not well articulated. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And all those people who have said that, they have allowed me to baptize them um, by sprinkling. Interesting. Yeah, all of them. Um, I have had very clear... Um, conversations with people who hold to immersion only, mm-hmm. and and they really kind of hang on the meaning of the word. Yes. Um, well, it, it means to immerse. So if you haven't been immersed, you haven't been baptized. Right. And um, I say, well, I think the the referent here is more about the transformation that is occurring, the holistic transformation of the the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, it, it it completely removes the Holy Spirit from the picture. It is it is in a way merely the uniting to Christ apart from the Holy Spirit, even. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily apart from Christ, but it doesn't refer from the, from the Holy to Holy Spirit. Christ. It doesn't refer to the Holy Spirit. Right. In a way that it could, but I don't think that that's—that doesn't bother me so much, um, because, yeah, not—baptism doesn't symbolize every possible um, theological concept. Uh, and so, anyway. But I think what I'm saying is that it it's often reduced— to uh, this is an act of immersion, mm-hmm. and it represents death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Period. Right, and there's so much more that the Bible says it is. There's no question about that. Yeah. The other place that I really help people with it, I think, and it's been helpful, is where they say, "Oh, yeah, baptism means immersion. So if you haven't been immersed, you haven't been baptized." Well, it the original meaning is immersion, but very clearly we have many, many examples. Right. And words change meaning, and they take on symbolic meanings. And they have multiple meanings. And they have multiple meanings. There's no question that that's the primary meaning. But in context, it, it means other things. Uh, and there's and in, a, in that kind of context, we've got, like I said, then it's not as easy as saying baptizo means immerse. That is mm-hmm. for sure. That is the primary meaning, and that's where the meaning came from. But we have many examples, both inside and outside the Bible, that that its meaning is much broader. Right. Yeah. So I think for me, the 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 discontinuity with the Old Testament is an issue. Sure. Um, you know, I I don't prefer to immerse people. I agree. Um, because I want to represent the way the Scripture represents the pouring of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Or the application of the blood of Christ. Yes. We're not immersed in the blood of Christ. Um, you know, we, we, even when you're anointed by the elders, when you're sick, it's oil on your head. Yes. The mark is on your head. Right. You know, and the, the, um, that's in revelation, even the, apoc- the apocalyptic literature about the mark on their heads. Right. Um, that these are the indications. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. And, and then the rebirth of the spirit. I don't want that missed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit's role. I don't want it overlooked and I don't want it reduced to, I've made a testimony that I belong to Jesus, and mm-hmm. I'm giving up my old life, and I'm choosing the new life, mm-hmm. and here's this physical representation of my death and resurrection. I, again, n- a nice imagery. Sure. Oh, but yeah, it, and but biblical man, imagery. And sure. biblical imagery. Yeah. Romans, Colossians. Yeah. But it's it's missing so much. And the piece that I feel is most missing is the Holy Spirit's yeah. role in regeneration. Sure. The Holy Spirit being poured upon us and helping us to mm-hmm. see Mm-hmm. What we otherwise would not see, what we yeah. would not choose. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the meaning and the mode to me, I want them to match up as best as possible. Sure. Sprinkling is okay in that the hyssop they sprinkle the blood. Yeah, right. But I think mo- I prefer the pouring most of all okay. Okay. because the Holy Spirit is poured out upon God's people. Okay, you know that that's the language yeah. of the prophets and the you know the promises that in the new covenant there this is going to be in. Uh, a further flourishment, yeah, right of God's unfolding covenant. Sure, 
I've done um, kind of a combination of when I actually do baptize mm-hmm. people, I try to do a, sort of a combination. I don't, it depends on how wet I like a sprinkling right, is. Right. But I um, certainly for adults uh, that I've baptized, and I baptize a bunch of them. Um, I'll have them kneel down, and then I can get two my hands together in a big cup and get as much water as I possibly right. can to kind of drop on them and right. let it flow down over their head. Um, that's not as easy when I, I like to hold babies, and we'll talk about babies yeah. in a little bit, but then I just have one hand to do it, and it's much right. less water. I, I don't like what I call the sweaty palm wipe. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, right, like, right. My, my palm is wet, and I've wiped your head with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's is, terrible. Yeah, this is supposed to be a visible sign. Yes, right? that's right. It's supposed to be a picture that's of right. the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and therefore, right. I like a lot of water. I agree. I like a copious amount of water, yeah. and, and it, it's, it's a picture of yeah. Aaron being anointed. That's in the, it. The, you know, Psalm 133, the, the, the oil running down on his, on beard, his beard, on the yeah. collar of his robes. Yeah. It's, it's oil pouring down uh, you know on his body mm-hmm. representing the anointing of the holy spirit yeah you know, he's prepared for office he's been commissioned to do this office that's what the old testament that's the link to the new testament yeah is that the that's holy right. spirit has commissioned us unto the office of christian that's right it has anointed us and united us to jesus and all that's of right. his benefits that's right he has cleansed us and washed us by the blood of christ and all those old testament applications see i, I this is exciting to me yeah it's rich to that's great it's rich with imagery it's great. right it's all this old oh, testament yeah. imagery brought to bear that sure. otherwise is dismissed ignored detached i co- yeah that's right yeah that's so right. it's not based on any tradition it's not based on anyone else's Oh, forcing me into this role I, or feeling like, I'm, oh, I'm Presbyterian, i got to do it this way. I grew up as a Baptist. Yeah, and my family, most people do. My family's all Baptist still. And I went to Dallas Seminary, which is, uh, even though they don't quite say it, it's, it's pretty much a Baptist seminary, right? And it is, in, it is when I started reading the Scriptures and looking in the Scriptures that it was the Scriptures that convinced me mm-hmm. that the Baptist understanding of baptism... Uh, is not there, and it was from reading scripture. It's not by tradition. That's because Presbyterianism is not my tradition, right? It or it wasn't. It Mine is now, either. but it wasn't. Yeah, it's the Bible that convinced me that this is right. Yeah, I I became a Presbyterian uh, because I was a convert. Yeah, um, and I read the scripture voraciously. Yeah. And I, at some point years later, yeah, read the Westminster Confession of Faith. Yeah, and I and I thought, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah, you know, this is this is matching sure. up with what I have I have learned from my own Bible study about the Scripture. Yeah, um, and then I I found out that that it was connected to the Presbyterian Church. And oh I, man, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have done a lot of talking about baptism here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I do need to prove maybe scripturally, as, as my mind has thought through these these moments. Yeah. Uh, That's a pretty big topic, and we've, we have talked about it comprehensively. But the point that, that baptism represents Holy Spirit baptism, yeah. I want to just maybe throw out a couple of verses to help. I mean, I talked about... John 3 and Nicodemus and Jesus saying, you must be born of the Spirit. That's what it means to be born again. Yeah. Um, That's pretty weak sauce. Bring the strong stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, if you look at, at Mark 1 and Matthew 3, where uh-huh. you see the baptism of Jesus, yeah. um, you know, John says that he baptizes with water, but Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Mm, right, right. Um, and then... After his baptism, we see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit descend upon his head. Uh, likewise, you see that in John 1, um, where he's, he's saying, I'm not the Christ, this is the Christ, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and John received a message from God that the one you see the Spirit descend upon and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, right. Yeah, and then what I... I think the best verse for this is Titus 3, okay. um, verse 4, and it talks about the goodness and loving kindness of God appearing. Verse 5, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Yeah, so you've got strong imagery of baptism, the yes. cleansing, pouring, and then saying that is the Holy Spirit. 
That's the and that's and the work of regeneration. Right, that the Spirit does in right. our salvation. Yes, uniting us to Jesus Christ. That's right, and all of His benefits, including His death and resurrection, which I think is where you add in the Romans and Colossians passages. Oh, okay, that's better. That's a stronger sauce for sure. <sighs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Titus three I think is a great verse yeah, explaining sure. this, and there there are gobs of other verses explaining the Holy Spirit's activity in uh, regeneration. And regeneration being the first piece of salvation, you know, after God's election, of course, um, before our faith and repentance. Yeah. Um, and so th- those are important Reformed perspectives, mm-hmm. and they do have to do with the imagery that we see in baptism. Yeah, that's right. That, so that's where baptism is a picture of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's most technically. And then it encompasses that unification with Christ and all of his benefits. Yes. You know, the removal of sin, the the circumcision of the heart, mm-hmm. you know, being sanctified, set apart, marked for God. Mm-hmm. That the sign of, of the covenant upon your head, entry into the, the covenant community. That's all wrapped up into that. But most technically, that happens because the Holy Spirit's come upon you by God's election. Right, right. And the fact that all these passages talk about baptism, which includes water, it's a physical thing, um, leads me as a Reformed theologian to say that I don't know exactly how this works, but there's something mysterious that right. happens when an actual baptism, water baptism, happens. Yes. Yeah, that's what the sacrament means, sacred yeah. mystery. It's a mystery, yeah. and I don't know how to explain it, and that's okay. Yeah. Great. All right. There it is. No more questions. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. Write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to thehopperpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we'll talk about Jennifer Aniston's plastic surgery. Why, Jenny? Why? 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 We've got Uh, to know. uh, I'm sure you know someone who needs to listen to that show. Be a pal. Tell them about the show. Send them a link. And if they still don't listen, wail like a wounded seal. Hmm. Or you could just subscribe or follow and share the goodness of the Hopper. The Hopper Podcast is produced with the help of the annual Kentucky Candy Corn Cooking Competition.